I knew from a very early age that I was a writer, am a writer. <laughs> I knew it very early on. And I think there's something with that um, where you are an observer of the world around you. Um, and, and then also probably it's an overused thing right now, but um, I'm an empath. <laughs> so I, I definitely absorb everything around me in a very tangible fashion. So it kind of makes me even more highly attuned to what's going on. Well, another episode under our belt, Jared. Yep. Another one. <laughs> you know what, you know what I really loved about talking to Kirsten? Um, I loved, I loved the fact that she typically doesn't highlight herself and that she's in this business of kind of elevating others. And we were able to give her a little bit of a platform to talk about herself for a change. Yeah. Well, and you had said that, that, that your, your previous interactions with her, she, very humbling, um, she's not very self-centered by any means of even to self-promotion as you'll learn in the in the show and you wanted to give her a platform to actually say hey here's an amazing person that doesn't talk about how amazing she is enough so hopefully we hopefully we gave her that yeah I think I mean I think it's a good part of the show right I mean I think we have a great mix of people coming on to the 150 cast but I really like this episode with Kirsten because I think um, I've always found her to be uh, an interesting person with very diverse kind of interests and, and, uh, and I just really wanted to know where that came from and like how she got so curious and how she's connected with the, all the people she's connected with over the years, et cetera. So I think people yeah. really enjoy getting to listen to someone who maybe is someone like them, you know, who sees themselves as, as someone who's a, a foil for others. Um, but be able to let her talk a little bit about how she does that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, um, it's funny. It, it, it's in line with, with, I have a, a book that I, I read. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but I have, I have the daily stoic. Okay. And so uh, the daily stoic is a, a book that has daily readings basically extracted from all the stoic writings, you know, um, Marcus Aurelius and Epictetus and, and whatnot. And so today's reading was actually about doing things for people not in such a way that you think of it like they owe you now a favor or you'll only do it if they owe you a favor or you do it and you have a sense that they kind of owe you, but to do things more so in the sense that whatever action you've taken um, has planted or um, evolved a grapevine that continues to just spread. And so you do the one good thing uh, like she talks about elevating others and then you move on to the next good thing to continue growing this grapevine um, that's forever expanding. So, um, it was just a, a good, yeah, it set the right tone and, and came in to meet her and it was like, oh, you're, you're the grapevine person. That's, that's <laughs> awesome. I love, I love that. I don't know the daily stoic, but I'm going to have to get on it because I think, I think that's exactly right. They say a gift is something you give without the expectation yeah. of something in return. Right. And I think, um, you know, Kirsten has that gift. So, Hope everybody enjoys the podcast. You get to hear a little bit about uh, Kirsten's curious mind, her her practice of meditation and yoga, her career path, her current projects. And I think you're really going to love this episode of the 150 cast. Yep. Hello, everybody. I am Mark Coxon, and I'm here with my co-host, Jared Hillman. How are you, Jared? 
Doing great, Mark. How are you today? I'm doing awesome. I am excited for another episode of the 150 cast. You know, I realized last time that I rarely ever asked you how you're doing. And so I, I wanted to make a point of asking how you are today. I don't know that there's a detailed answer to that question. It's very early where I'm at. So I always say good so far is usually my answer early in the morning. I walked past a mail courier yesterday on my way to my vehicle. And I said, hey, how's it going? He goes, well, it's not shit. I can say that. That's, that's, what, this, that's what the federal employee said to me. I thought well, it was I mean, I thought it was hilarious, but hey, um, you know, there's a bar. Sometimes there's a bar and we compare we compare to the yeah. bar. And if it's above the bar, you know, yeah. it's like the it's like the over under. That that is true. Yeah. And I I had to agree with him. I was like, yeah, I mean, it's not, right? So great. Well, so how are you doing? Well, for those those who are just joining the 150 cast potentially for the first time, this is Jared and I's social experiment to increase our network of 150 people. And I'm going to jump right in, Jared, because, you know, we we try to do this on a a timeline. Um, Today, I get to welcome one of my picks to the show. Uh, Her name is Kirsten Nelson. And Kirsten is, uh, has a background in journalism and podcasting, etc. But that's not actually why I invited her here. But I wanted to introduce you to her because she's on my list of people I know peripherally, but wanted to get a lot to know a lot better personally. So uh, Kirsten, how are you this morning? I'm doing pretty well. Yeah. Like that mail career, you know, <laughs> Start, <laughs> starting at a strong baseline, I guess. You're yeah. matching that bar. <laughs> Her over under is also not shit, I guess, Jared. <laughs> now it's a PG-13 podcast. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll go back to G, I'm sure, at some point. Well, Kirsten, I really, I thank you for joining us. And um, like I said, you were, you were one of these people that um, I know just kind of through the industry, we've been at events together or at podcasts together or, or um, you know, uh, written for the same magazines, et cetera, things like that. But I wanted to invite you on because I find you extremely interesting. And I wanted to ask you um, right out of the gate, uh, you have a very curious mind. And by curious, I don't mean strange to me. Um, I mean, it seems like you are very curious about the world and about things. Um, where did that come from? Yeah, thank you. That's uh, that's flattering because I, I feel like I've realized that as I've gotten older, that that's my chief characteristic is like endless curiosity. Um, and I think it's made my life wonderfully fulfilling and exciting. You know, I actually tell people all the time, I'm never bored. I'm actually never bored <laughs> um, because I, I love everything. I love learning everything I can. Um, I, so where did it come from? It's funny. I, I've thought about that a lot too. Um, I knew from a very early age that I was a writer, am a writer. <laughs> I knew it very early on. And I think there's something with that, um, where you are an observer of the world around you. Um, and, and then also probably it's an overused thing right now, but, um, I'm an empath. <laughs> so I, I definitely absorb everything around me in a very tangible fashion. So it kind of makes me even more highly attuned to what's going on. Um, uh-huh. and then, yeah, growing up in the Midwest, I'm really lucky. I grew up in Minnesota and, um, both of my parents, uh, got me involved in so many different things. I grew up going to steam thresher festivals, ham radio fairs, um, a trolley, like the where my dad built a trolley in Minneapolis. Um, he happened to have an amazing career as an electrical engineer who stabilized buildings, built robots, 
uh, built an underwater earthquake simulator. Um, so I, I spent my childhood talking about all of that, but we also built rockets, laser beams, and um, solar trackers in our in our free time. So, <laughs> in, your, in your free time. <laughs> um, but also, um, yeah, I just, so that I grew up knowing how to speak to people who usually have their head very, not even just in the clouds, but in like laws of physics and stuff. Like I know how to like get into what really drives people. And I learned how to, I learned how to let people um, show me what they're really interested in. So every time you do that, every time I meet anybody, um, I've been able to find out something more interesting than just their surface. So I've just, that's just, as my life has progressed as a journalist, as a person, I've just added more areas of things I know about in a tangential way. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, just being open and also just genuinely, I don't know, really being exposed to a lot of really cool things. I could, the list of stuff goes on from there, just keeps going. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's really cool. I, I'll tell you when I worked in the, and I'm, I'm back kind of working with the museum industry again, a little bit here and there. Um, when I worked with the museum industry, um, that exposure, like going to some place and meeting the world's expert on hyperbolic chambers for preserving vellum and having a conversation with somebody who probably has like the 1% knowledge on that subject in the world was such an interesting conversation about something I had no clue even existed, right? Like who knew there was a subject matter expert in that until you bumped into them. So that's, that's extremely cool that you had that exposure early. My, my dad took me to some places like that as a kid. I, I did, uh, he worked at McDonnell Douglas helicopter. So I got into learning about flight and things like that and building robots. What did Jared, your curiosity, does it seem to stem from the same place? A lot of, a lot of exposure to lots of things as a kid or. Yeah, I don't, um, no, I, I would say no. I, I, I think, I, I don't know that curiosity is a strong trait for me to be honest. Mine is more just, I would say my strong trait is something like resilience or, um, like a forward motion, you know? Um, but I was curious just to give context to there, Kirsten. Um, well, that's what you, that's what you do now is write about mostly like science-based tech-based. Is that kind of where you find your niche in what you're writing about now? Yeah, it was, it was kind of, I was supposed to write art criticism. (laughs) (laughs) Why do you say, why do you say it like that? Why, why do you say you were supposed to? Yeah, because it's funny. Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. Because yeah, growing up, um, I had certain literary pretensions and intellectual pretensions, which of course still linger. I mean, come on, it's like my entire identity. But um, I, I went to school, I studied magazine journalism in college, specifically magazines were still a thing back then. And um, when I graduated, I just didn't know the right people, which is like kind of the theme of this podcast, right? Like now it's, it's a little yeah. easier to make connections now. But back then, I didn't really, I knew one person in New York City, I applied to one job and that was at SCN magazine, which I was the editor of for 17 years <laughs> after that. Um, I did one interview and the guy who became my mentor basically kind of, I could tell, so this is a, so another piece of background I should add in is um, I have been obsessed with music my entire life. Um, so I was a huge fan and I spent a lot of time with a lot of DJs all through college. So I actually spent a lot of time in DJ booths watching things blow up. <laughs> so I knew a lot about tech sort of, you know, but I, I can't plug, I still to this day can't plug anything in, but um, long story short, I did this interview for this one job in New York city. Um, the one chance I had at, at being able to move there after school. 
And the boss guy said, well, there's a lot of really technical terminology in this magazine. Does that intimidate you? And I just got like ferocious because of course I'd grown up the way I'd grown up. And I was like, absolutely not. Blah, 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 blah. But I found out later he was really just doing that almost to kind of goad me into, I don't know. Yes. He knew, he knew that I had the ability. Some and it turned out I was really good at it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He, he parented you? Is that what he happened? Threw, full on parented me and he became like my office dad for sure yeah <laughs> you know i've never heard that term literary pretension yeah literary pretension and i had to i had to process it in my head mm-hmm. and i was like oh i get that it makes sense now i'm gonna start using that with other uh with other things now well yeah i'll, I'll be like oh i'm a I'm, I'm a bit of a nacho i have a bit of a nacho pretension right <laughs> you should ask that if you ask my wife when we go out We'll order nachos, but I like give direction on how they need to be made because I have, oh. I guess I would have a nacho pretension. Is that right? Is that, am I using that terminology right? I might. Now yeah. you're processing it. Saying, Is that the right way of using it? It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> well, so that, no, I, I like this. I like this dissecting of words because that's one of the reasons I love talking to Kirsten because she's, she just says yes. things in ways that that um, do make you stop and think about about what you're saying and, and the way that you say it. And, and the, the idea of pretentious being something that seems negative, but everybody has pretenses, right? And pretension doesn't necessarily have to mean pretentious. It could mean that you're acting on this pretense. See, there you go. Yeah, I'm going back to root words. Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. <laughs> so with your, with your world right now, You've, you said you were, you know, you were an editor at a magazine for 17 years mm-hmm. and then, um, you know, you kind of freed up from that. How has, how has happened or how has having a, a potentially kind of green field of opportunities to pursue other things, how has that, um, how has that been for you so far? What's, you, what's been your favorite part of kind of, I guess, having now this, this open field to play in as opposed to a very strict lane of, of the audiovisual magazine? Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, I love that question too. Cause it's, I really feel like that every single day I get to invent, well, who do I want to talk to today? And, and what do I want to talk about next with whom? <laughs> and so I get to do that every single day. Um, so it's, it's pretty wide open, but it's funny. I have to say that I was actually really lucky that I ended up getting this specific expertise because um, it's made me valuable. <laughs> um, so I've been able to keep working as a freelancer um, because I happen to know this area but then of course I, I did a couple little lobes off of the main area that I know about so mm-hmm. I've, um, but yeah so every day I get to invent what I but I, I have a genuine interest in so many aspects of what it is I became an expert in. you know I, I, I talked a lot about audiovisual technology but to me it was never about the inputs and outputs it was about the human feeling around it and the people who work on and in and around industries <laughs> so I I, and my whole time I worked at the magazine, I invented a whole bunch of different kinds of profiles, um, things like the SCN 9 and SCN Hall of Fame and Top 50, because I really wanted to honor the, the people who were genuinely bringing their passion to the industry and, and to get into what, what motivated them. Because I think when you share that with other people, you inspire people constantly. So my job was always to elevate people and then have other people be able to relate to them in a way that helped motivate them in their day-to-day. So I think for me, that's just, I'm continuing that now as a freelancer. Um, I still have an even more expansive list of people that I 
keep in regular contact with. I'm really fortunate to have a lot of excuses to reach out to people. Um, um, so I, I really enjoying that. And also I've started adding in the other things I'm passionate about. I am working on fiction. Um, there's, I, I've joined the Center for Fiction here in Brooklyn. And um, I'm just, I've started really inhabiting like my actual, I am a writer self. <laughs> um, so uh, it's been really, I would say I, I'm just, super fortunate that um, I do have that wide open expanse. Um, because yeah, if, if you're having a day where you're not not that enthusiastic, you just think, okay, well, what else have I heard about lately that I find fascinating? Or, or wait, who's that person I wanted to get back in touch with? And you just put them back on your calendar. And yeah, <laughs> no, I think, I, think, I think it rings it rings very true to what Jared and I are trying to do with the podcast even, right? Is like, who are, who are the people we really want to talk to? Why are we living in this paradigm of what we do every day for work? And, and how do we, how do we bring other people into that circle and kind of increase those circles and have those different conversations? Cause I think we all have those, those separate passions. I think I'm going to add Jared, I think I'm going to add something to my business card methodology. So I met someone once who said, anytime they get a business card, um, they look at the front, but then they turn it over and say, they ask the person what they're passionate about and they write it on the back because he said, what I write on the oh. back is going to tell me infinitely more than the job title and the company on the front that's going to, to change and ebb and flow and may just be a paycheck. Um, I may alter that slightly to curious because I, it's. Yeah, I like, I, I like that too. And I, I, I like, I, I cut you off there, but I, the one thing I didn't want to lose in what uh, Kirsten said too was that I am hundred percent on board with is I love how you, you went and wrote about the people behind the things. And it's, it's funny that you say that because that's um, I'm a, I'm a big believer that most of us are out here just doing what we need to, to pay the bills. But we also are. Um, um, I'm trying to, I, I guess I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out how to say it, but like with, with our company, with, with the company that I run, I always tell people that we're an employee development company and we just happen to do audiovisual because our, our prime purpose, right, is to just really better whoever works with us, whoever joins our team and everything that they're about. We just also happen to do audiovisual so we can keep the lights on. And so the way that you said, you, you don't want to talk about the parts and the smarts of the things, you want to talk about the people behind it. I really, I really have appreciation for that because I think that would have drawn out much better stories and and way better stories and it obviously did especially creating um things like SC, scn the nine which, which we're familiar with uh just coming from the industry and you know targeting targeting the people which i which i really love yeah i think i think jared you're you're 100 right and i think in today's world where we're where we're talking about this new revolution where we see resignation where we see people reconnecting to passion where we see um, actually having to design spaces um, that provide value to people so that they will, they do want to go somewhere as opposed to telling people they have to go somewhere for this utility or for this action or for this uh, activity um, becomes a superpower. You know, the, the human-centered piece, I think, becomes a, a superpower at this point. I have a, I kind of have an off-the-map question for you, Kirsten, and it's because you mentioned something earlier that you're an empath. Um, I read something, and I just wondered if this is your experience. I read something somewhere that, um, that typically empaths, because they feel 
what other people are feeling, um, that they're typically drawn to people um, that have had trauma or a lot of negative experience. Do you, do you find yourself kind of gravitating towards people that you feel like you can help because you're feeling kind of that, that depth? It, it's one of those things where it says, you know, like if the people that are putting out the most energy typically have, have some of this in their background. I just wondered if that was true for you or not. It's an interesting, it was an interesting concept I read about. Yeah, that's interesting because I actually spent most of my life um, trying to change that very, it's an innate, yeah, it's an instinct for me to find the broken person at the edge of the room um, and try to bring them in because I feel for them. But I'm pretty happy to say that like through, I've spent my whole life, um, 25 years doing yoga and um, less time than that, but you know, it is a form of meditation, but then I got into an actual meditation practice. Um, a lot of meditation and a lot of therapy because um, I realized that I used to, I grew up with the sense that you could only connect with people in a profound way if you connected about pain. It was just sort of like our household. Maybe it was the Scandinavian and Irish background, <laughs> just loving to hang out in the darkness. But um, I realized as I got older that I genuinely, I would like, I wouldn't feel like I was friends with someone until they revealed some dark hurt. Wow. And then I realized that that's not a very prodigious way of pursuing connection. Like it's better to actually be in the light. And I'm not saying that being in the dark is bad. I, I do believe everybody should be a full human, but um, I learned that actually genuinely, I actually am um, much brighter and more vibrant um, person than I ever gave myself credit for, you know, I used to just give myself all this credit for being, you know, the, the literary pretensions of just like, oh, I'm a cynical, um, you know, whatever, whatever person, which of course, everybody in their youth, you know, especially in the kind of circles that I moved in, prized that kind of um, mood. Yeah. And then just as I got older, and, you know, oddly enough, have just sort of being in the world and being in the world that I write about, um, I had to access different parts of my, I had to learn how to genuinely enjoy everything I could around me. Um, so I would say that now um, it doesn't, it doesn't drag me down. It doesn't get in my way. Like um, I don't, people's emotions don't like pull at me like they did. And I also feel like I connect with people in a much more on a higher vibrant, like I want to say like somewhere up in the frequency range of um, genuine, I don't want to, I don't want to just call it optimism because it sounds really silly, but because <laughs> everyone just credits optimism, but one of my friends the other day summed it up pretty bluntly about how I am. She said, you are genuinely interested in people and what they're doing, everything they're doing. And you, I, I guess I genuinely communicate such an enthusiasm that it kind of put, it bubbles them up. Yeah. So I, I think I've gone from like wanting to bond in pain to genuinely wanting to connect with people about what moves them. You know, I, I think that's, that's, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's pretty common though. I, I, I've heard the term like shared trauma right and hmm. heard um i think i think for people to make connections sometimes it is it is to collaborate on the negativity of of the world or themselves or their lives and i'm not sure why that is but you see it online like crazy where people gather in groups of um and then a lot of them probably don't have the same passion towards that or um that the same passion or the same feeling towards that 
negative theme or topic that they're trying to to, to collaborate on. They just want to help and they just want to be involved and they just want to uh, contribute. So I like, I like, and, and you're actually to help people that have, you know, gone through trauma or need the help. It's you're serving them better by not, you know, going down to that level and starting to share that with them, rather bring them up to your level or try to anyways, uh, you're actually serving them a lot better that way. So good on, good on you, Kirsten. Yeah, I think, I think and I'll, I'll leave it to you to comment, but I think, I think when you, um, let me say it this way, I guess the, the most people don't realize uh, the novel experiences they've had or the way that they contribute and add value to the world, right? It, it's something that's common to them. So they don't believe it's valuable to someone else. So to have someone come and see you as what you're saying, the whole person and focus on the focus on the value that people are bringing in um, and the things that they have to contribute almost makes them see themselves from kind of this aerial third-party perspective in a way. And all of a sudden they're like, oh, wow, that's me. I'm like, they're almost seeing themselves through your eyes and it, it lifts them to that level that you're seeing them at. Whereas if you see them in this, in this deep, dark place that they see themselves in that self-definition, it just reinforces kind of that archetype of I'm this and this, and this. Does that make sense? Is it, do you see that? Yeah, I think you've described my entire career and life purpose. Like I, um, I kind of mentioned before with what, with what I wrote and how I chose to write and how I interview people and how I host things. Um, I, I love to, to elevate <laughs> I, I genuinely because yeah I do see I see people as remarkable and I I genuinely I, I love sharing that with them uh, uh, but not in like uh it's not like I hit them with a barrage of compliments I do this thing where because I'm actively listening to them and I'm picking up on threads I, I, it's fun watching them slowly light up brighter and brighter because they're realizing oh I'm not only following you I'm adding to what you're saying and pulling in threads and pulling in who you are as a person. And yeah, I, I hope that I do make them feel like, Oh, wow. I, huh. I am. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I like that, you know, to be able to turn to, cause I do believe too, that yeah, people are pretty awesome. Pretty much anyone you talk to, you'll be surprised. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah I, I always say everybody likes their neighbor. I like, usually you like your neighbor. You like the people you come into contact with. We, you know, we, we focus on division a lot of times, but there are all these amazing things about the people that we meet every day. And usually the things that we, that we focus on kind of in generalities, all of those things fade away in the inner, in the person to person connection, right? Like all these, all these ideas we have about how certain people act or things or, or stereotypes or biases that we have, like if we're really open to having a conversation with somebody one-on-one, -on -one, those things all just kind of dissipate in a way and you start to really see, see the value in, in each individual. And so it's a, it's, it's definitely fun to go through that. I've, I've enjoyed that through podcasting, through doing things with you and what, um, if you have a, you said you're writing some fiction and you're working on some projects, what, it, what, where should people look for you right now? What are you, what are you working on? What are you putting out in, in the public space? Yeah, I have a lot of, uh, <laughs> it's funny, I, um, I mostly am writing for brands, uh, manufacturers and brands within the audiovisual space. <laughs> yep. But I luckily, I get to write about the periphery. So I get to write about robots and NFTs and 
the metaverse and um yeah i'm doing a piece right now about neural networks so oh, cool. and i get to hang out in cool spaces around what we do but always grounded in what we do mm -hmm. um so you can find me you know i write a column um for lg electronics um and i write a column i write for audinate those are brands within our world but you know the funny thing about me and maybe this says a lot about who i am um <clears throat> i don't have a website right now <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, maybe that's, this is the cry for help part of the podcast where you're like, hey, <laughs> I should probably build something. Um, and I, I guess I am, but, um, so the fiction is mostly still in my head. It's not out in the world yet, but uh, I am working on a novel manuscript. So yeah. that's, that's awesome. That's really cool. <laughs> Well, thank you. Thank you for so much. Thank you so much for joining us. Like I, like I said, I had always seen you as um, this, this person with this huge, diverse knowledge. And I think you've shared some insight into like where that, where that came from and how it came about and maybe how people can foster it in themselves. Yeah, I think, uh, honestly, I think the, I think the key part of everything that you said that I'll, that I'll pull out of it is, I thought it was really cool when you said, <clears throat> I, I, I'm paraphrasing obviously, cause I can't totally requote what you said, but you brought up how you realize that you're a writer and that's what you do. And so you embrace that. And it's almost like if you reworded something like that, and if, if everyone reworded something like that to what I contribute, what my value is, is I put content back out there of, of value to people through, through written word. Right. And I, I thought that was really cool. And I'm wondering we don't have the time to get into it, but I, I, I'm, I'm feeling like that was probably a good turning point for you to realize that's who I am and that's the value that I contribute and that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. And I, I took away, you know, that the whole idea of, um, <laughs> and it's funny, Kirsten, you said you don't have a website that actually doesn't surprise me because this, this thread of you elevating others, um, makes me think that you probably aren't so focused on how you elevate yourself, that you're, you're fulfilled through the elevation of others and, and you don't feel the need for self-promotion in that way. So, um, that doesn't surprise me at all <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> that you wouldn't nailed have it. One. Yeah, for real. Yeah. Cause I'm definitely not one of those people who's out there trumpeting myself and, you know, it's, it's, yeah, <laughs> I would rather tell other people's stories and tell it in a way that makes it valuable for them so they can share it. So that to me is infinitely more valuable than and, you know, look at me, look at me. <laughs> well, that's, that's why I wanted to have you on, honestly, because I feel like you're someone that people need to know and that your story is as important as the people's stories who you highlight all the time. And I wanted to give, uh, you know, people a chance to, to see you lifted up in this way. So we really appreciate you being on the 150 cast. Yes. We do this every couple of weeks. Hey, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the 150 cast with Kirsten Nelson. And we will see you guys next time.